we come across the phrase here in the book of Acts describing Tabitha or Dorcas as someone who is devoted to good works. You know, I think that's a part and a passion that calls many of us to be a part of the community of faith. That there's something inside of us. There's something in us that is generous. There's something in us that wants to be helpful, that wants to make a difference in the world. And so we gather with other people that we can work together to do good things and to help. The book of Acts goes to great length to say that in the telling of the early church's ministry, the very power of God that was revealed in Jesus of Nazareth continues to build and to show forth from the first generation of the church. The leaders, both Peter and Paul, just like Jesus, go from place to place and they teach. They teach that God is active, that God is moving in the world in such a way to bring hope, to bring goodness, to bring healing. Peter and Paul, just like Jesus, will heal the sick, reach out and touch them and the diseases that had harmed life are vanquished. Peter and Paul would travel throughout the Roman Empire just as Jesus traveled about the Galilee region. And both Peter and Paul will raise someone from the dead as a sign of God's power, just as Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. It's in that context, against that backdrop, that the writer of Acts introduces us to Tabitha. We know very little about her except that she was devoted to good works and devoted to charity. I can't imagine that the good works and the charity of that time were much different than the, than the acts of charity and good works of our own day. For then as now there are hungry people that need to be fed, then, as now, there were probably homeless people who could not shelter themselves and relied on the generosity of others. And then, as now, there were those who suffered from the unjust practices of the communities that they were a part of. And it was important that the church challenge those injustices. Tabitha, or Dorcas, was a person devoted to good works and to charity.
Well, you know, on Mother's Day, a day when we celebrate the strong and the bold women in our lives who have done so much to nurture us, I think it's appropriate to remember Tabitha. And I'd also like to call your attention to another great saint. Her name is Rachel Held Evans. For she was like a modern-day Tabitha. She was one who was devoted to good works and to charity. I don't know how familiar you are with her, but I've read many of the things that she wrote, and I'm sad to share with you that just about a week ago, Rachel Held Evans died. She was a young woman, 37 years old, she came down with the flu and began to get some symptoms that uh, caused the, the doctors some concern. They put her into a medical coma to treat those symptoms, and she never came out of that coma. And so her life ended far too young. But her witness, her witness endures. And I hope you'll indulge me a few moments as I try to let her life shine. Rachel was a millennial, the, sort of the very first generation of the millennials. And if we read her writings, we just might gain an insight into a whole generation that seems to be a little less interested in church than we are. So I would encourage you to read what she writes if we want this wonderful endeavor church that means so much to us to continue into the next generation. We probably need to adjust the way that we do things. And her writings just might give us an insight to what our future could be. The second thing I'd like to tell you about her is she was primarily a blogger. A blogger. Blogger. <laughs> that is, she communicated mostly through the internet, where she would post her wisdom online. And the blessing of that is she never had to convince a white male <laughs> producer that her wisdom was profitable <laughs> and worth being published. She could sidestep all of the mechanisms that so often root out wisdom. And she could share it directly with so many. Now, Rachel grew up in the church just like so many of us. But at one point, she grew tired of it. And she, she kind of transitioned away from a very strong evangelical church and began to embrace another understanding. I'd like to share with you one of her more insightful quotes. 
When we turn the Bible into an adjective and stick it in front of another loaded word, we tend to ignore or downplay the parts of the Bible that don't quite fit our preferences and our presuppositions. In an attempt to simplify, we force the Bible's cacophony of voices into a single tone and turn a complicated, beautiful, and diverse holy text into a list of bullet points that we can put into a manifesto or to a creed. And more often than not, we end up more committed to what we want the Bible to say rather than what the Bible actually does say. Is that not a pearl of great wisdom? Would we not all benefit from allowing our understanding to grow and be as rich and as full as Rachel was able to nurture hers to be. Rachel is an example of a strong, bold, decisive woman whose leadership can bless us long after her earthly journey is complete. Upon hearing of Rachel's death, Reverend Julia Seymour wrote these words. When I was a kid, the term Dorcas was not one of endearment. I distinctly remember my parents saying that my siblings and I shouldn't call one another that because Dorcas was a woman in the Bible who did good things and is remembered, remembered well. I honestly cannot recall if I ever met anyone by the name of Dorcas, but I have met many who emulated her spirit from Acts chapter 9. Dorcas was the name in Greek, and Tabitha is the name in Aramaic. The only reason I bring up the Dorcas part of the story is because if Rachel Held Evans didn't actually write something about giggling as a child during that first reading, I know that she would have giggled when she first heard it. Rachel died early this morning following the complications from treatment of a flu. She was four days older than me and left behind two young children and a spouse. Her family and close friends, an extended support network, and a world that needed and still needs her writing. To me, she was a Tabitha for our time. Strong in discipline and courageous in faith. 
I deeply resonated with her own pain at feeling rejected and eventually shut out of the evangelical faith of her childhood. Moreover, her willingness to continue to write, to speak, and to challenge the powers and principalities of this world regarding so many issues was a genuine example of what it means to let one's light shine and to give glory to God in heaven. She published a few books. One of them was The Year of Biblical Womanhood, in which she spent a whole year living by all of those very restrictive rules that we find in the Older Testament. And in that book, there is this great quote. The Proverbs 31 woman is a star, not because of what she does, but because of how she does it, with valor. So do your thing. If it's refurbishing old furniture, do it with valor. If it's keeping up with your two-year-old, do it with valor. If it's fighting against human trafficking, do it with valor. If it's leading a company or getting other people to do your work for you, do it with valor. Take risks. Work hard. Make mistakes. Get up the next morning and surround yourself with people who will cheer you on. That's from her book, The Year of Biblical Womanhood. And then she wrote this about the strength of the community of faith. There's a difference between curing and healing. And I believe the church is called to the slow and the difficult work of healing. We are called to enter into one another's pain, anoint it as holy, and stick around no matter what the outcome. That's from her book, Searching for Sunday. And then she describes her own faith in this way. I am a Christian. I concluded. Because the story of Jesus is still the story I'm willing to risk being wrong about. What an insightful way to encapsulate a courageous faith. I am a Christian because the story of Jesus is still the story I'm willing to risk being wrong about. Rachel Held Evans is an example of a bold, strong, and capable woman 
whose life has blessed and enriched many. Now, there are no easy answers to explain how she died, why she died, and, and how her life was cut short so prematurely. But she lived. She offered so much. And then this writer draws another connection between Rachel and Tabitha. So what did Tabitha's friends do in the Acts of the Apostles? They wept. They told stories of her. They consoled one another. They shared their pain. They treasured her work. And they showed it to others. They told her story. And they continued in that for their friend. Right up to her resurrection. So that, my friends, is what you and I can do. To tell the stories, not just of Rachel, but of all the strong and the bold women in our lives whose generosity of spirit has shaped us and helped us become the people that we are. The bold and the strong who are devoted to good works and whose devotion calls us to do the same. So I'd like to ask you to think for a moment What would you like to be remembered for? What are the good works and the expressions of charity that you would like to be the hallmark of your life? That your friends would hold up and say, look and see. And what are the good works that we would like Wesley Church to be remembered for? Can we, like Rachel, can we, like Tabitha, be devoted to good works for the sake of our living God? Amen.